0: What's good, everybody? Thank you for joining me again. We're back to finally talk about some UFC, huh? Been talking NBA uh, for the last couple of podcasts, uh, but we are jumping right back into UFC. Uh, Today we have UFC Vegas or UFC Apex 10, uh, depending on how you're kind of wanting to put it there. Uh, But yeah, we do have, I think, 12 fights this week. Yep, we were scheduled for 13. Um, But one did have issues. There's been a bunch of crazy shit that's happened as well. Um, But as I record this now, uh, these 12 fights are all set to go. DraftKings has got the uh, salaries all set to go. And so we should be ready to make some good money. So without further ado, uh, again, if this is, uh, say, like your first time ever listening, uh, I've been around for a long time, uh, former provider. Uh, I mean, I've, I've been around for five plus, six plus, seven plus years doing my thing. I've uh, been playing MMA the entire time that it's uh, been available to play on DraftKings. Uh, used to be available on uh, on some other sites back in the day just for fun. Um, did that as well. But uh, but yeah, not here to uh, kind of give you a list, just to kind of let you know that uh, you're you're dealing with somebody who's experienced and kind of knows what he's talking about. So uh that's uh that's that's me in a blender <clears throat> and uh yeah let's get right to it so yeah again ufc vegas 10 the main event is going to be angela hill versus michelle Waterson, and um this one does have uh we do have some fights here with some pretty significant inside the distance odds we do have some pretty significant favorites we're gonna give you guys a, a two gpp course here um uh, probably just go ahead and throw it in the Slack chat, uh, so I can, uh, I can get it for like the the true listeners there. They can jump into the Slack chat and get it, uh, or you can hit me up on Twitter or whatever. Um, I'm sure you'll be able to kind of tell what it is throughout the podcast though. But yeah, first fight of the night. Let's get to it. Uh, we do have let me get uh, get my roll in here. We do have Justine Kish going up against Sabina Mazo, and Mazo currently is the minus two sixty five favorite. Mazo is ninety two hundred on DraftKings, so she's pretty expensive. Kish is coming back at seven k even, uh, so she's definitely going to be on the cheap end. Yeah, this is a good fight to start off the card. Uh, the curtain jerker, as they say, uh, Mazo. You know, kind of what you see is what you get. Uh, I wish she wasn't as expensive because I would like her more. But at ninety two hundred. Um, you know, I just think, uh, I mean, it's its possible that she pays off her price tag because she has been in all her previous fights. She's putting up 113 DraftKings points, uh, 89 DraftKings points in her last two wins. Um, and those are both on split. On One was a split decision, one was a unanimous decision. She's, you know, throwing over 200, 250 significant strikes a fight, landing over 100 of them. Um, so, you know, you can do the math there. She's, she's kind of loading up on those. Uh, that's where she is getting a lot of her points as well. Um, she also has the ability to take you down as well. She took uh, she took Shayna Dobson down uh, four times uh, successfully, four out of four times. So there's that. She didn't have any takedowns in her previous fight, so that's probably why her score wasn't what it was. Uh, but yeah, she'll get the takedowns too, so I think that could help her get to a high score here. Look, minus 265, she really should style here. She's definitely going to have more volume. Um this is a good fight but I'm going to limit it for DraftKings. I'm probably going to be playing about 50 lineups today, 50 or 60. I'll probably have this in about maybe 5 or 6 of those lineups, 7 of those lineups. If you're playing 5 lineups or less, you can probably avoid this, but if you want to, I think Sabina Mazo will be sneaky. Um you know, I don't I don't think she'll be super high owned. I could be wrong. Uh people, you know, people could be like, you know, she's You know, she's she's not the most expensive and she could get a finish here and that's possible. Um, I'm going to try to be on the other end. But for that reason, like I said, if you're playing a handful, uh, even if you're playing like three or four, um, you know, any 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 amount more than two, I would say definitely go ahead and probably look to throw Sabina in there just in case because uh, she can't put up a high score. On the flip side, Justine Kish is a vet. She takes a lot of damage, though. She's tough. I just don't see that she has too many paths to victory here. Anything crazy could happen in an MMA fight. Um, so, you know, I you know, I won't be playing much of Justine Kish. I'll probably only have her in about one lineup. So that tells you I'll pretty much have Sabine in about four to five lineups. So I'll have Justine Kish in one just in case something dumb happens. Um, but other than that, I don't think she's worth a roster. All right, and next up, we do have Brian Barberena going up against Anthony Ivey. This is going to be a welterweight fight, and uh, Barbarina is the heavy favorite here, Uh, pretty heavy favorite here. He's 9,000. He is the minus 278 favorite currently on the DraftKings Sportsbook. That's where I'm getting these odds from. This one does have a minus 250 inside the distance prop, so that is pretty significant. Uh, so essentially, they're telling us that Barbarina is going to win, and he should win early. Do I think that's going to happen? Um, i do think that's probably gonna happen um but we'll see i do think uh anthony Ivey's coming back as the big dog here at seventy two hundred i do think he's live here the only thing the only thing i have a problem with is i think his path to victory is not equivalent to a knockout or to a high score um with that being said though uh i can see him um i i can see him um just, just kind of weighing on, uh, just, just kind of weighing on Barbarina here. Um, I, you know, I, I could definitely see it. Uh, I could see it for a round or two. I mean, Barbarina's been out for a long time. This is going to be his first fight since June of last year. Um, you know, and since then uh, he he fought. It looks like in February, but you know, the guy's been pretty spotty. Um, and he did get knocked out. Randy Brown knocked him out in the third round. Um, it just was, you know, it's pretty devastating loss for him to come back from. He did take a pretty big, uh, he did take some significant time off. So, but I'm just hearing things that it's, it's not too good for him over there and for the camp. So I'm not really interested in paying $9,000 for him to be honest, but I'll tell you this, this is a fight to target. Um, you know, you gotta try to put your recency bias out. Sometimes you gotta just look at the numbers. You gotta just look at, you know, what facts are and facts are. This is a fight that uh these guys could put each other out. And I think Brian Barbarena, he's definitely got the advantage on the feet. Um, you know, he's definitely got the stand-up advantage, he's definitely got the power advantage. Ivy's gonna have the grappling advantage, and there's that. So he's got the, you know, that's gonna be his path to victory. Um, and if barbarina comes in out of shape or something like that, he definitely could uh kind of rag doll him around a little bit. <clears throat> so for that reason, I think this is a fight that you want to have a little bit of Ivy if you're playing in a handful of lineups. I'd say you probably want to go ahead and throw Reina in one, um, maybe one. Uh, split that ownership uh, with Mazo. Throw Mazo in one. Throw Reina in one, and uh, go ahead and throw Ivy uh, in the other uh, in one of your other lineups. Just in case, I always call them hedge lineups. So you do always want to have a hedge lineups. Now you don't want to have a single lineup with all of your hedge plays. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying you know you do want to go ahead and like say if you're having a decent lineup just flop, flip-flop that lineup sometimes and throw, uh, you know, say say for instance, throw a, a fighter that's closer in price. Um, so like a Mike Rodriguez or something like that. Um, let's see here, like an Angela Hill, right? If it comes down to like an Angela Hill or a Watterson, you can just say, okay, well I'm gonna throw Angela Hill in one, I'm gonna throw Watterson in the other. So just uh, just like that for an example. Um, but yeah, I think barbara does get it done here. I'm just worried about the layoff and kind of the things that I've been hearing. Uh, but he should really style here. He should he really should style here. So uh, I'm going to have some ownership towards him, probably 20 or 30 percent of my lineups. I'll have a Barber Reina and then I'll probably have about five to 10 percent of Ivy to bring it back. All right. Next up, we have a real good fight here. We have Jalen Turner going up against Brock Weaver. Brock Weaver is seventy five hundred on DraftKings. He is the underdog. Uh, Turner is minus four twenty right now in the sports book. And he is nine thousand even on DraftKings, uh, so we got a lot of nine K fighters here. So all, you know, not all of, if not any of these guys are gonna hit value, um, but I do think Turner is live here. Uh, this one has a minus one seventy inside the distance prop. Uh, it's interesting because uh, not too many people are talking about this one being able to finish. I think a lot of people are gonna be fading this fight, and for good reason. Turner has not looked good, man. He's in bad. He he. he he just is um, like he just hasn't looked good. Yeah, he just won his last fight by KO, but besides that, like he just has not looked good. And I think um, I think there's just a lot of recency bias that's going to go on into that. And I think that's also why he's nine K here and the huge favorite. But on the flip side, Brock Weaver, man, he's just not a guy who's going to give you really <clears throat> like exciting fights. Uh, he's kind of just a grinder. He's gonna grind it out for three rounds. Get in your face. Try to grapple a little bit. Try and get you up against the fence and throw punches. You know, over the shoulders and stuff like that. And kind of just gut it out and grind it out. So it's gonna be tough. Um, I think the I think Jalen. I think Jalen's best path to victory here is going to be a, uh, a he could he could knock him out for sure. Um, but I think it's gonna be possibly to get him down. And his ground ga- his ground game isn't isn't good. His it isn't that good. So. We'll see. Um, for the reason that I do think that he is going to be underowned, and I do have a spidey sense that I do think he's going to finish this fight. I'm probably going to be over the weight, overweight to the field on him. Um, I do think he uh, I do think he's a great play today because his pricing, because of that kind of stuff. I think it's going to make people overlook him right away. Um, and while that's a sharp play, I think that's something we might be able to take advantage of because I do think he could. Uh, I do think he can. Uh, knock Brock Weaver out or finish this fight early and definitely get that value. He is on the lower end of the 9K fighters, um, so there's that. All right, next up we have Royk Martinez going up against Alexander Romanoff. And, uh, yeah, this is a heavyweight fight. We've got some big boys here. Romanoff is currently the minus 360 favorite, so a little bit of money coming in on Martinez. But, I mean, Martinez is 7,500 on DraftKings. Romanoff is 8,700. I just don't see any. I mean, Martinez is live for a KO and that's it. Um, I'm going to have pretty much close to none of Martinez and I'm going to have a lot of Romanoff. And the reason why is because he's got what we want for DraftKings. He's got the takedowns. He's going to look for the takedowns and he's relentless with his takedowns. So he doesn't have to finish this fight in the first round. He can give us three, four or five takedowns, some advances you know, 60, 50, 60, 70 significant strikes, something like that, you know, and put up a hundred points here on an 8,700. That's, that's what we want, you know? And if he does that, I can definitely see him being optimal. Um, he's a big boy too. So on the flip side, I could see Martinez because everything does start out on the feet. This is a fight. Everything starts out on the feet. Uh, so Martinez could definitely catch him. Um, but that's pretty much all he's live to. And so I'm going to have a lot of Romanoff here, And hope I'm right there. And then I'm going to have a little bit of Martinez as a hedge just in case. All right. Moving and grooving here. And next up, we have Kevin Kroon going up against Roosevelt Roberts. This is a lightweight fight. Roosevelt Roberts is coming in as the favorite here. It's a heavy favorite as a minus 385. I think he's going to be the biggest favorite we have on the card here tonight. And uh, Kroon, man, this is going to be his first fight in the UFC. He actually pulled out of his first fight. Um, for, for unknown reasons, um, but he pulled out of that first fight. They brought him back, um, you know, and he, the, first off, let me say he's 6,700. So he's like dirt cheap, which doesn't match up with Roosevelt because Roosevelt's pricing is 8,400. So if you really want, to, you know, if you really look at it, you're getting a huge discount on Roosevelt Roberts. Uh, the only thing that croom has got going for him is I've seen him scramble a little bit. He's got a good scramble game. Uh, but in decent wrestling, he's okay on the feet, but like all that's okay and decent. He's been fighting cans and Roosevelt Roberts is no can. I think he comes back strong after uh, not looking too hot against Jim Miller. Um, he let us down against Jim Miller, against Jim Miller. And I think he knows he kind of dropped the ball there. He came back maybe too fast too from that last fight. Maybe thought he was too fresh and uh, maybe overlooked Jim Miller and Jim took him down right away. And that was that. <clears throat> but um uh, but yeah he should robert should style here he's gonna be my pick here uh he's gonna be i'm gonna have him a lot in a lot of my lineups here uh pretty much as much as i can get without going overboard i'm gonna have Roosevelt. Uh, i'm not really even gonna play crew i couldn't even call it hedge lineups uh, because i'll probably just have him in like three or four that's not really considered a hedge that's just gonna be the optimizer kind of spitting him out to me sometimes if i was hand building um i could tell you i wouldn't be forced him into any of my lineups Um, But like I said, anything crazy could happen. And if you are going to super, super load up, it's no problem with taking Kroom at 6,700. I'll tell you right now, if something dumb happens at 6,700 and he gets even 70, 80 points, 90 points, he's 100% going to be in the optimal lineup. Um, I don't see that happening, but got to give it to you from both sides. All right, next up we have Sarge Eubanks going up against Julia Avila. Avila is 9,400 on DraftKings. Sarge is coming back at 6,800 on DraftKings. Avila is currently the minus uh, 305 favorite here, so a pretty big favorite. This one's actually uh, – so it's interesting. We talk about this sometimes. This one's a plus 135 inside the distance. That's relatively low for these female fights. So that is something that we want to pay attention to. Normally they're pretty high. You see, like, plus 200s, plus, I mean, like, plus 300s, plus 400s, that kind of thing. I think the main event is actually, like, a plus 300 or something like that. Or, like, a high plus 200s. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I do think she should style her, that being Avila. Um, I I don't think she pays off the salary, though, but I, but I could see her ending this early as well. Um, I could see her definitely ending this early as well. She's put up, you know, I mean, she's literally coming off a knockout from Gina Mazzani, um, you know, earlier this year. I mean, it was quick, too. But uh, and she was a huge favorite there, you know, and she barely paid off her price tag. I don't see her doing that to Sarge right away because Sarge comes out so super aggressive. I honestly think Sarge could get this deal here if Avila doesn't come out and match that intensity right away. So I'll probably have a little bit of Sarge here. And I'll also have a little bit of Avila, but I personally don't think Avila is going to be to pay off that 9,400 price tag today. All right. And we keep moving. Let's see here. All right. We got Kyle Nelson going up against Billy Quarantino. That's going to be a featherweight fight. Uh, Billy's coming in at 9,300. Kyle Nelson is coming back at 6,900. Um, and it looks like Quarantino is the minus 250 favorite here. Look, this one's going to be pretty simple. Kyle Nelson's going to come out super aggressive. He hits, he hits real hard, like super hard. The dude's powerful. He's going to gas after the first five minutes, though. That's going to happen. And after he gasses, that's when Billy Quarantino is probably going to take over this fight if he doesn't already have him to the ground and take it over. Um, he's one of the biggest favorites on the card, and he's also one of the most expensive fighters on the card. He put up 139 DraftKings points in a second-round submission. Um, you know, and that was just with one takedown, just, went, just went nuts. So, I mean, he's definitely got the ability to put up a lot of points. Um, I wish he was less expensive because he is the second most expensive fighter on the card. Um, but I also think he has the path to the high, like he, he's got one of the higher paths to uh, the highest score on the card. So for that reason, um, I'm probably going to have a bit of him here. Um, I'm probably not going to go overboard in all my lineups I'll probably cap him at about 40%. 40, 45 percent or something like that don't really have much interest in Kyle Nelson here even in that 6900 range um, I just don't you know I, yeah he's coming in off of that knockout from Polo Reyes but I mean I just I just don't see it here I really don't see it um, anything crazy could happen um you know like I said anything crazy could happen so for that reason I don't blame you if you want to have a few shares of Kyle Nelson um, myself I'll probably just have a few shares because uh, I mean, he's the only thing that he uh, the only thing that he's got going for him, like I said, is he's super aggressive. He's hit, he hits hard. That first five minutes is probably going to be his. So for that reason, you have to take some shares because he could break the slate right away. Right. Um, so, you know, you're pro- I'll probably have a few shares there, but I'll definitely be uh, I'll definitely be heavier on Billy Quarantino. All right. And we keep moving and grooving. Probably the uh, best fight, <clears throat> the best fight of the night. <clears throat> uh, Bobby Green going up against Alon Patrick. Uh, Alon Patrick. Uh, man, Bobby Bobby Green, bro. Bobby Green has been banging. Let's see. He's already fought twice this year. This is going to be his third fight this year. He's coming in on two victories where he's put up pretty big scores. And these are in uh, decision wins. Um, he's been looking good, man. He usually puts up. Big scores, if if, we're, if you're looking over the history. And just recently, he's been putting up big scores and decisions. He's been throwing out high volume. He looks in shape, man. I mean, this is the Bobby Green that we like to see for sure. Uh, so he definitely has a tough matchup here against uh, Alain Patrick. Uh, Patrick is coming in at 7,100. and Bobby Green is 9,100. Bobby Green, of course, is going to be the favorite at minus 295. And, yeah, man, this is going to be a great fight. For To be honest, I don't really like it for DraftKings, though. It's kind of tough to call. I think Green is going to be able to pull it out here, but I don't know if he's going to be able to pull off one of those high scores. It's possible, though, because Patrick might try to pull guard a little bit. He might try to get it to the ground, and that might cause Bobby Green to have to wrestle. And if he does that, he is he's going to put up a big score and a win. So there's that. Uh, for that reason, I'll probably have about 20 25% of Bobby Green and that's about it. So if you're making a handful of lineups, uh, you know, you can't get all these 9K fighters in your lineup. And I would only advise you putting in one to two of them and then trying to get some of these mid-K fighters in that we're going to talk about here in a minute or that we've talked about already. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I do like Bobby Green here. I'll probably cap him at about 25%. Um, Patrick on the flip side, 7,100. Um, you know, I mean, he's been, you know, he – he, he's been all right. He hasn't fought. Uh, he hasn't fought in the UFC in two years. Last time he fought was in October of 2018 against Scott Holzman. He took a L. L. He got K'd out <clears throat> in the third round. Um, but he puts up big scores when he wins. So for that reason, I don't mind if you want to take some shots at him. <clears throat> I'll probably only have about 10%, 5 or 10% of this guy uh, because I'll be mming. If I was making a handful of lineups, I probably would only limit him to like one lineup, you know, but um, and then I would go ahead and throw Bobby in, a, in one to two lineups. Um, but probably, prob- if, if I was making three lineups and I had to choose between some of these 9K fighters, though, um, I, Bobby Green would probably be on the lower end of that list. So there you go. All right. Next up, we have Ed Herman going up against Michael Rodriguez. Rodriguez is 8,800 on DraftKings. Ed Herman is 7,400 on DraftKings. Rodriguez is currently the minus 250 favorite. And yeah, Ed Herman is the vet, man. This one actually has a good inside the distance odds at minus 250. Um, I do think it's significant here. I, think, I I I do uh tend to think this one's probably gonna end early, even though Ed Herman is super tough to uh super tough to put out. Um, there's this uh there's this like stigma here that like he's never been knocked out. And it's not he's been knocked out a few times. It's just been a while. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's just been a while. But he's definitely been knocked out. I think the last person to knock him out was like Nik- yep, it was Nikita Krylov. Uh, back in like 2016 um but uh he's definitely taking some he's definitely taken some beat downs. I do think Rodriguez can get him out of here. Uh Rodriguez is going to be one of uh one of my more favorite plays. Um I think uh I think he'll probably go uh, it's tough because uh I think he might go lower on because people are going to try to hammer in all these 9k fighters and he's kind of right under there at 8800. People also might, if they're sharp, know that Ed Herman's tough to get out of there. Um, But then on the flip side, he just put up 110 points less than a month ago. And so I think people will see that it might be sharp to that as well. I'm going to take the approach as uh, I'm going to try to be over the field on him. And I do think he'll be about 25 to 30 percent on. So that means I'm probably going to try to be about 40, 45, maybe even 50 percent on. I'm going to go heavy on this guy and uh, just hope he gets the job done. On the flip side, though, uh, if you do want to take some Ed Herman, Ed Herman does have a path to victory. If this does go past the first round and this does get late into the fight, uh, Ed Herman will get stronger. Michael Rodriguez, it's possible that he could gas out. So there's that. Um, he, you know, supposedly he's addressed that, uh, but uh, but he, you know, he could pull a stunt and gas out here. So don't be surprised. All right, next up we have Andrea Lee going up against Roxanne Matafari. Uh Matafari, man, she's been busting slates since forever. Man, it, it's crazy. Um, I mean, even like 89, 96, 112 in her wins, like it's like it's crazy. Win uh just just it, it's crazy. Uh that win against Macy Barber, she was definitely optimal there at 6,700. She put up 89.5. Uh, she did come back to lose to Lauren Murphy. Um, which was expected. Kind of got back to what we, you know, what we expected. Again, I do expect her to take this L here. Andrea Lee is the minus three thirty-five favorite. She really should style here. Um, I just don't see her losing this fight, but I do see this going three rounds. Um, Andrea has been putting up a decent amount of points in her, in her three-round fights uh, that have gone to decision, uh, averaging about ninety points, about eighty-five to ninety points. Um, so. It's, you know, at 8,900, she's pretty much right there for on pace for 10x. Um, I do think she's probably going to find her way into a lot of people's lineups. But I say look a little bit more towards Rodriguez. Um, you know, if you can look a little bit more towards who we're going to talk about here at Comma Worthy. Also, make sure you leave some room in for this main event um, that we'll talk about here in a minute. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, Andrew Lee going to be my pick here. Uh, Next up, we have Ottoman Azatar going up against Kama Worthy. This is one of my uh, better fights to watch as well. Kama Worthy, man, uh, he's been coming in strong. Uh, He came in and beat Devontae Smith, knocked him out. Then he came in and uh, subbed out Luis Pena, put up 82.5 points. Uh, Dude's a host, man. I've been trying to get an interview with him. Hopefully, I can get him on one day, win or lose. Um, But, yeah, dude's been been putting it in. Um, You know, I it's 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 tough because um at 8500 he's probably gonna be a little bit forgotten about i believe um this late into the card as well this one does have a minus 275 inside the distance prop and um i just think uh it's tough because either people are going to hammer it Either people are going to be like, okay, he's been putting, you know, he's been winning. He's been, he's in the middle of the pack. Um, but I do think a lot of people are going to go towards Andrea Lee. I do think a lot of people, especially if you're playing GPPs that have mass entry, Andrea Lee's going to find their way into a lot of the lineups. That's just what the optimizer is going to do to them. And so uh, I do think you might find the edge putting in comma worthy, uh, putting in a Rodriguez, that kind of stuff. <clears throat> uh, maybe even trying to pit, fit in a Bobby green or somebody like that, you know? Um, but but yeah, that'll that'll be interesting. But he's definitely gonna be my pick here. I see him getting the finish here. Um as the tar. Um, I mean, it's yeah, he you know, he in his last his last win last year, which was literally a year from today, uh, he did put up 113 DraftKings points. Um, but I just think this is a this is a bad matchup for him. <clears throat> um, you know, I mean, I just I just think this is a tough matchup for him. But I will have both of these guys. I'll 100% be leaning, comma worthy at 8,500. He's going to find his way into a lot of my lineups personally, and I'm just going to bite the bullet if he doesn't get it done for me, but I believe that he will. Um, you know, I think 40% for me would be over the field. I think if you're playing a handful of lineups and you're stuck in between that 8K range, you know, that mid pack, um, I think you should look at him in a few of your lineups. Uh, I personally think uh, Azatari is worth uh, a hedge play here at 7,700. I do think he's worth some hedge looks here. All right. Um, oh, one more thing I do want to say is if this fight if this fight ends early before the third round, I do think whoever wins this fight is going to be optimal as far as the Kama Worthy uh, and the Ottoman Azatari fight. All right. Uh, so for the main event, we do have a five rounder here between Angela Hill and Michelle Watterson. Um, 8K for Michelle Watterson, 8,200 for Angela Hill. Uh, not much to get into here. Angela Hill is the minus 125 favorite. Um, I think she should be a little bit higher uh, as far as the odds are here. Uh, Michelle Watterson is really just more of the name value. Uh, she's coming in on back-to-back losses, even though she's been fighting some really good competition. Even when she wins, she's not really scoring too well. Um, but I'll say this. Uh, I think this is going to be her first main event. Uh, no, she uh, she, bought, she fought JJ in that main event um, and, and lost the decision. <clears throat> but I'll say this, uh, if she gets five rounds of just striking back and forth with, with Angela Hill, which I think is going to happen, uh, either one of them can put up a high score here. Um, I could see so many significant strikes here between both of them. Um, So definitely if you're playing cash, which I'm not, this is definitely a stack here because it's a cheap stack as well. One's 8K, one's 8,200. It's not super cheap though, because usually you look for like a 92, 9300 and a 6K fighter. Um, But you know, it's relatively cheap here, the mid pack. Um, I am going to have Angela Hill in most of my lineups. This is pretty much an all in fight for me. I'm going to go about 60% Angela Hill, and I'm going to go about 40% on Michelle Watterson. that's more than likely how I'm going to roll. I haven't finalized my lineups yet, but I'm pretty sure that's how I'm going to roll with it. If you're playing a handful of lineups, uh, no matter how many lineups you're playing, this is a fight that you want to have uh, in every single one of your lineups. Don't stack it, but pick one or the other uh, and, and roll in every single one of your lineups. And yeah, that's how we're going to keep it moving. 27 minutes today, a little bit longer than expected, uh, but we did have uh, you know extra fights to talk about today. Um, so I'll stop talking so you guys can take a listen. Let's get it. This is another edition of the Hammer Fist. Peace.